Twitter impresses Wall Street, Snap shows signs of life in earnings report, and Facebook has good quarter but trouble brews. It's Monday, April 29th, 2019. All of that is coming up along the week's news quick hits on episode 361 of Brave Ad World. New consumers. New media. New strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 361 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and it was earnings week because most of the stories we're going to talk about today have to do with earnings reports, which I actually really like because I think they tell you a lot about where a company is going. So let's just kick things off and talk about Twitter. So Twitter, they actually had a really strong first quarter according to their latest earnings report, which even included some strong user growth numbers. Daily active users, those are now up to 134 million. That's a considerable jump from the 126 million reported in Q4. So this is the first earnings report that includes a focus on daily active users instead of monthly users. According to Twitter, this focus reflects Twitter's uh, desire to drive users to the site every single day and monetize them. It's also uh, a little bit more attractive number for Twitter to share, especially as Twitter is removing spam and suspicious accounts, driving monthly users, which they used to report down. In addition to the spike in user numbers, revenue is up 18% year over year. Shares of Twitter, they rose accordingly 10% following the earnings. So Twitter has been rolling out new features at a pretty rapid pace as of late. It's doing quite a bit now to curb abuse on the platform, being a little bit more aggressive in that area. And it launched a prototype app to test new features like threaded conversations and an emphasis on photography. All of those efforts, they appear to be being rewarded with a pretty active user base. And that's where Twitter is really focused on winning. It doesn't have the scale of a Facebook or Instagram in terms of user numbers, but the users it does have, they're pretty engaged and they're coming back to the platform regularly, especially as Twitter continues to clean things up a little bit. All right, that's Twitter. Let's talk about Snap because Snap had a surprisingly good earnings report. Sales jumped 39% over last year to reach $320 million in revenue. That beat analysts' expectations. And user numbers, they were up to 190 million daily users, the first increase in users in four quarters. This news, it comes just a month after Snap announced a new ad network allowing advertisers to buy ads through Snapchat across a network of apps, a greater emphasis on video games, and more production on exclusive shows. So all of that news combined, it sparked some optimism among investors that Snap actually has plans to engage a growing number of users after losing them for over a year. To take it one step further, the long-awaited redesigned Android app is finally out. After being completely rebuilt to remove uh, to improve lenses, they improved stories, they improved uh, how users can create snaps, the app, it's 25% smaller, 
It opens 20% faster. So they really focused on performance. And Snap's already seen a 6% increase in the number of users on low-end devices sending snaps within the first week of the upgrade being available. So users are actually, on, especially on low-end devices, they seem to actually find that the Snapchat app is now usable on Android. And it's helping. Who'd have thought? It's, it's certainly not a comeback year yet or a comeback quarter yet. But Snap has been able to show some momentum during a month where really not much was expected of it. Now we're going to see if this is a full turnaround or an outlier for the platform, and we'll, we'll just have to see. But having a redesigned Android app and what appears to be a great deal of plans to engage an audience that may not have been using Snapchat that much before with games and new content, Snap appears to be on a positive trajectory. And it's going to be interesting to see whether or not Snapchat takes a Facebook approach and continues to try to grow its users and focus on growth, or if it does more what Twitter's doing and focus on engaging the users it does have, which tend to be very young. And if you're a brand going after a young audience, that's the you can't do much better than Snapchat, maybe Instagram. All right, let's jump to our last story. This one, the, the giant elephant in the room, Facebook, because Facebook, they also reported their Q1 earnings. And once again, the social network is financially doing very well. Daily users, they hit 1.56 billion, and monthly users now sit at 2.38 billion on average. Revenue jumped 26%, which is increasingly coming more and more from Instagram and stories and less from the Facebook feed proper. Speaking of stories, Facebook revealed that 500 million stories views are taking place on Facebook and Messenger, not just Instagram and WhatsApp. One third of Facebook's 1.56 billion daily users, they're actually engaging with stories every single day, which is impressive and was frankly a surprise to me, considering the feature felt largely redundant when it was added to Facebook after being available on Instagram. Stories are important for Facebook, which is really relying on the feature to add added inventory to match advertiser demand for the Facebook platform. And yeah, stories appear to be working within the Facebook app almost as well as they're working on Instagram, which is, that's pretty impressive. That says a lot. All of that, all of that was largely business as usual for a Facebook earnings report. Numbers are doing well. Everything's going great. What wasn't business as usual, though, was Facebook's revelation that it's setting aside $3 billion to pay off a fine that will likely be levied by the FTC for violations for Facebook's privacy practice violations. The expense could actually go as high as $5 billion. Now, that sounds like a hefty fine, but when you consider Facebook grew by $15 billion in the past year, it's largely a drop in the bucket for the social network, which is why investors, they respond to the news with pretty much a collective shrug by sending Facebook shares up by about $40 billion in its market cap in after-hours trading. So while... This isn't uh, a nail in the coffin or a, a death blow by any means. It certainly shows that regulators are paying attention to what Facebook's, Facebook is doing. And it's not having to pay a price financially. Not really, anyways. $3 billion is a lot. But when you're the size of Facebook, it's basically a parking ticket. Uh, but 
what Facebook may have to deal with and where it may run into troubles is how it needs to reevaluate how it uses data and how it gives advertisers access to to user data when it comes to targeting. So this is going to be interesting to see. While the fine may be a slap on the wrist, its practices shifting, they may be they're they're going to be what hurts much more than the fine itself. All right, that is it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. Facebook has hired Jennifer Newstead as general counsel and John Panette Pinette as VP of Global Communications in its efforts to deal with its never-ending crisis mode. So Newstead, she brings a deep political experience, including working on regulation. Pinette, Pinette, not sure how to pronounce it. He recently worked for Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen on business and philanthropic initiatives. Before that, he worked with Bill Gates. So Facebook bringing in some pretty high-profile talent to help it deal with its crisis. Speaking of crisis, Mark Zuckerberg, he is under increasing pressure for Facebook's recently lapses in user privacy and data sharing practices. Oregon Senator Ron Wyden has written a letter to the FTC urging the regulatory body to consider holding Zuckerberg, quote, quote, individually liable, unquote, for Facebook's violations. If that happens, it would be a big precedent for all tech companies to weigh, and it could lead to Zuckerberg facing backlash from shareholders. We'll see. Instagram has launched a new quiz sticker for Instagram stories, so users can now customize a quiz and allow others to choose between two to four possible answers. They can then see which of their friends got the right answer, if there even was a right answer to begin with. Twitter has a new option that lets users report voter manipulation and misinformation. The option is available when users report tweets. Users could do this before, but it was kind of, it was less streamlined, a less streamlined process. Now it's faster and it gets reviewed by the right team at Twitter quicker. And ahead of 2020 elections, that's probably going to be pretty important. The Brave web browser, they're aiming to do something a bit different when it comes to ad blocking. The browser will allow users to enable ads that will display a desktop notification on their computers. Upon users who opt into the ads, they're going to receive a 70% cut of the ad revenue generated by the ads in the form of Brave's cryptocurrency called Basic Attention Tokens. So users being paid to see the ads. That's what Brave wants to do. We'll see. What was inevitable appears to be happening. Comcast is now negotiating the sale of its 30% stake in Hulu to the current majority Hulu owner, Disney. Disney became majority owner after its acquisition of Fox. Hulu appears to be a major puzzle piece in Disney streaming ambitions that also include Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. All right, and lastly, Amazon. They reported their Q1 earnings, and one notable shift from marketers is the company's ad business fell to a growth of 36%. Now, while it's still growing, 36% pales in comparison to the nearly 100% growth its ad business saw in Q4 of last year after committing a, a committing to compete more directly with Google and Facebook for digital ad dollars. So a little bit more back to reality when it comes to Amazon's advertising business. All right, that is it for episode 361 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments, let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at TWigert, that's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also find my personal thoughts and insight on marketing at Brave Ad World. 
Dot-com. Not much going on there right now, but we'll see. Hopefully, I'll get to it sometime. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.